Welcome to A Slice of SEL, a podcast for educators about social-emotional learning. Welcome to A Slice of SEL. We're the SEL services team at the St. Croix River Education District. I'm Nick. I'm Angela. And I'm Kevin. This week, we're digging deep into an activity that teachers can use early in a unit to help students build connections between their interests, aspirations, goals, and the content that they're learning about in that unit. Why are we covering this? Because it has to do with student engagement, right? We want learners who have that inner fire of intrinsic motivation lit and burning strong. We've talked about intrinsic motivation on the podcast before, and we often boil it down into a three-part formula. Number one, help students belong. Number two, help students care, specifically about the content. And three, help them to feel successful with what they're doing. So to help students belong, the first piece, we need healthy relationships. We want every student in our class to feel valued, known, and respected. To help students feel successful, that third piece, we build that growth mindset, we normalize making mistakes, give students various ways to demonstrate their learning, and more strategies like that. But for that middle piece, that's where we're focusing on today. Help them care about the content. Easier said than done, right? (laughs) Um, Help them see it as relevant, interesting, exciting. Teachers are amazing, and they accomplish this in a lot of different ways. One of the most fundamental being that they just exude enthusiasm about the content themselves. They're hyped, to put it simply. Like, they might also build anticipation. You know, when, when we were studying the Russian history in middle school, my teacher dropped hints for at least a month about how crazy the story of Rasputin's death was. I'll always remember this, obviously, because I'm telling the story now. So when it was finally the day where we got to hear that story, everyone was hyped. The teacher was so into it. He told that story with pacing and drama, and I will never forget the story of how Rasputin met his end. So anyhow, guys, for today's topic, we're going to dig deep into a specific activity that the organization Character Lab designed to help students literally connect the dots between their interests and the unit content being covered. I think it's great because it comes with a printable worksheet that's well-designed and a bunch of examples to show students and model what we're going to do. It's a practical activity that I can see a lot of our secondary teacher lists teacher listeners being able to pick up and use right away. And I can see elementary teachers getting ideas for how to simplify this and make it applicable to to students in their age group. And we will dig into that in a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And love when we can share those practical tools and just take the time to really dig into something specific. Hopefully our listeners appreciate that too. We will link this worksheet and those examples you talked about, Nick, into the show notes. But before we dive into the activity, let's talk about what's filling our buckets this week. I'll go ahead and get us started. Uh, The past couple weeks have been tough for my family and I with illnesses. Um, As you people with young kids know, (laughs) it just spreads (laughs) through the whole house. Um, But when I got back at it, um, back at um, work last week, it was just so refreshing to be able to connect back with teams. And I just, it just reminded me of all the wonderful people I get to work with and collaborate with in um, Chisago Lakes and North Branch. And I'm just so grateful for all the great work that they do um, and everything they do to support students. Well, it's such a good, 
good reminder, Angela, to, to be grateful and look for all those bright spots and the wonderful work people are doing. Um, similar to that, I was at a meeting at uh, one of our high schools this morning, and they were reflecting back on things that had gone well since the last meeting, things to be grateful for. And they shared that they'd done a staff meeting where they, they shared out uh, small little posters of calming strategies from our SEL website that teachers could hang in their rooms to remind students of their coping skills. And one of the comments people were making was how many teachers were looking at them and looking them over and saying like, oh my gosh, these are just such good reminders for me. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of the the thing that we hope is that you know, educating educators about resilience building strategies, coping skills, has this dual benefit of helping them support students, but also helping them take care of themselves. So that was really filled my bucket. That's great. So I have two things that are filling my bucket, personal and professionally. And Angela, yes, the sickness with little ones is a real thing. Also getting over those seasonal colds. Um, but other than being sick, something that's filling my bucket on the personal side is my daughter. So she's almost 16 months old, and she's at that perfect age of learning new words and wanting to help with tasks. So, for example, something that we did over our weekend was she she loves watching me bring wood in for our wood stove. We have a wood stove in our home, and she wanted to help. And so she's carrying the smallest little logs with her one at a time, very slowly, just putting them in the wood rack right next to the wood stove. And so that was just really cool to see how she wanted to do those things and be a part of it and <laughs> engage in those activities. On a more like professional note, something that's filling my bucket is um, there's a professional training coming up at Hinkley Schools, a learning session for transportation. And I thought it was so cool that they wanted the opportunity to learn more ways to respond to social and emotional needs of the students on the bus ride to and from school. Awesome to be here about that training, Kevin. Um transportation such a hot spot for for issues but it's wonderful to see people coming together and asking like how can we make this a better experience for everybody because everybody wins right um mm -hmm. but i'm very distracted by how adorable <laughs> your story was about the wood stove <laughs> <laughs> um well we're going to shift to our main topic we covered a lot of this in our intro so we're going to dig into this specific worksheet a specific activity that teachers can use to help students make connections between the content they're learning about and their interests this boosts relevance which leads to higher intrinsic motivation and more engagement guys talking about a worksheet is going to really test our descriptive abilities on a podcast um, like angela said though we are linking this into the show notes so please check that out um, you'll want to follow that link, scroll down, and then you're going to see five big buttons, these big colored squares. Click the teal one that says activity, and you'll be looking at what we're looking at while we're talking. If that makes sense. It'll help you follow along. We really recommend that if you're able to. For those who are driving right now, though, don't do that. Um, this is pretty easy to describe, and we'll do our best so that you can follow along. So there are five pieces to this worksheet, and they're numbered. That's helpful, right? So that helps us out right there, um, but also helps you when you're explaining this to your students. So pieces number one and number two, they're literally two columns right next to each other. And that's the meat of the worksheet, I would say, is those two columns. Because you, you might have heard me earlier say connect the dots. That's what this is about. So column number one is literally asking students, what are your hobbies, interests, and personal goals? And then they have lines to write those out. 
I love how built right into this activity, you get that information. That's one of my favorite things about this. We've talked on the podcast before about student interest surveys, and I've talked to quite a few teachers who do something like that early in the year or in the term so that they can quickly get to know their students' interests and then begin to leverage that information right away, like bringing it up in conversation, bringing it up when they can make any kind of connection between those interests and the lesson. Helps, again, the students feel known (laughs) and valued. But I I love how built and embedded into this activity, you're getting that information. So really naturally, in this worksheet activity, you get to know your students more and you get more of that information. The column next to it, piece number two, then asks students, what topics have you learned about in class recently? And step three on the worksheet just tells students to, to literally draw lines to connect their interests in column number one to the unit concepts that they listed in column number two, literally just to connect the dots. And steps four and five of the five steps total, steps four and five are just fill-in-the-blank sentence stems that prompt students to write short reflection sentences that actually explain the dots that they connected, the connections that they made. So that's it. Basically, in summation, like, what are your interests? What are we learning about in the unit? And then what connections do you see? So this is something that they would generally recommend that you do at the beginning of a unit. Um, It shouldn't be the very first activity because students won't really have a way to answer number two. But once you've introduced some of the content for that unit, then you can do this activity. And just like what we talked about in our last episode, peer feedback rituals, this is something that we recommend you don't overuse, but it's something that becomes easier and potentially more fruitful if you make it a regular routine at the beginning of new units, for example. Right. So you don't want to do it like every single week, but it is nice to do some repetition with it. So it's easier the second and the third time. Yeah, I like that advice because I do appreciate how structured this activity is, but I can see students getting burned out on it if we did it every week, for example. But like you said, it's also a good idea to not make this a one-off. To get the most out of it, you're going to want to approach it thoughtfully and take the time to introduce it versus just jumping into it. Agreed. I know I'm guilty too many times in my short career in education of just wanting to jump into it, not thinking through the amount of time it's going to take to introduce something like this. So good reminder. Um, So let's dig into that, right? Because the devil is in the details and that's the craft here. Um, What are the potential pitfalls? What are the little tips that are going to make this activity sink or swim? Um, I do love that they gave you a bunch of pre-filled in examples for different subject areas. So if I did this for the very first time, I might begin by saying, hey, we're all different. Some of my students are are psyched to learn about plant and animal cell structures. Some of them ask me, when am I ever going to use this, right? We're all different. Part of school is learning how to learn. I want you guys to have more control over what mindset you're bringing to anything that you do in your lives. So we're going to pause today and practice that. All of you are unique. Like I said, you might like football, video games, basketball, anime, hunting. I'm curious. I'm curious what connections you can make between the things that you care about and what we're learning about. So I might give some kind of, this is me um, pausing my, my example. Some of, some, you might give some kind of snippet like that um, that explains why we're doing what we're doing. 
Um, but then I pull up one of these completed examples on the smart board and make it real for the students. It's so helpful to have that model, and it's so nice that they provided that for you. So in all the core content areas, math, ELA, social studies, and science, they have these pre-filled in examples that you can just show students and make it real for them. And Nick, I'll jump in here. One of the awesome things about an activity like this is that in your second year with it, you could have saved the worksheets that a student did last year, or at least one or two of the best examples. So you just black out the student's name, scan it, and that can be an example you're showing your new students. So even though the generic science example you have already is handy, it'll even be better if you have an example from a real student about that specific unit you're heading into. That makes it more realistic and more meaningful for students. Absolutely. And if you wanted that right away, you could do this activity yourself before you present it to your students. Like actually fill in your interests in column one and then unit concepts in number two. Do the activity and make the connections yourself. But that takes prep time, of course. That might be a no-go when we get that, certainly. But it might be a good thing to do even if you had student examples because, hey, it gives students some information about you and that helps with relationship building. Thank you, guys. Absolutely agree with everything you said. Um, Angela, you know, my my own instructional experience is pretty limited, not going to you know pretend otherwise. But just thinking of my social skills instructional experience, when I had students doing projects or, or writing activities, I know those real student examples to show students and make it real and tangible. They were super helpful. Um, and Kevin, I also loved the point that you made too. This can be such an efficient activity and create that, that safe, structured way for teachers to open the door a little bit and let students learn a little bit more about the teacher um, within that structure. We haven't even gotten to the SEL competencies that it supports though. Uh, but what do you guys think? Like, There's some relationship skill boosting going on here, I think. Well, yeah, Nick. I mean, I think the primary thing is self-awareness. Students being able to identify and articulate what they're interested in, their hobbies, their traits, their aspirations. That's self-awareness. Learning what makes them curious, how to become curious, how to make those connections. That's all a part of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. But Absolutely. also, like you said, yeah, but also, like you said, relationship skills. Certainly, if me as the teacher, if I'm sharing my own interests with them by modeling the activity and putting a scan of my own worksheet up on the board, if I do that, it's going to build relationships. They're going to see me as a person. But one of the ways you can finish out this activity is after students have time to think and complete their worksheets, you can then pick a discussion technique and have students share their connections with each other. So you could do a pair-share, for example. Have students partner up, share their connections as partners, and then open it up to the whole group. That's going to build relationships across the whole classroom because you're sharing out student interests with each other across the whole room while completing this activity. It's just such an efficient exercise, and that's why we wanted to share it today. Absolutely. And, and speaking of efficiency, one of the great things about doing this activity early in a unit is that you can scan through students' worksheets during the unit as it goes on and use some of the students' connections as lesson openers. So maybe a student really likes an Olivia Rodrigo song, and they made a connection between that and the themes in Romeo and Juliet. I could certainly see that connection being made. Um, <laughs> You could mention that at the beginning of a lesson a few days or weeks later and hook students' interests on that day later in the unit. You could even play a bit of the song in that example. Um, but yeah, you keep capturing students' interests on subsequent days. So it, it's this resource, this well you can keep coming back to during the whole unit. 
you make students feel known and seen for their interests. And it's just so gall darn efficient, all of it efficient. <laughs> um, but before we wrap up, can we talk for a second, I, I mentioned that we were going to do this, about how a teacher might adapt this for younger students. Yeah, sure thing. Well, we'll invite our teacher listeners to check out this worksheet using the link in our show notes, just like we talked about. Review it and see if you feel like it would work for your grade level. Just due to the line spacing, our minds went to middle and high school, maybe upper elementary. But if you wanted to adapt it, it's important to remember the point of the activity, which is to make space for students to reflect on how what they're learning can connect to their own passions. So to adapt it, for example, we might just draw two columns on the smart board and as a whole group have students identify words that go in column two. I might jump in a lot as a teacher, but instead of doing it individually, as a whole group, we can knock it out and answer that question. What are we learning about? Then we might still do column one, listing our passions, interests, hobbies, etc. as a whole group. Students wouldn't have to write. Maybe they're just raising their hand and telling me their interests. And the list that we come up with represents the whole class, not just one student. Then together, we can connect the dots between the two columns. I can invite students to come up, grab the drawing tool, and make these connections themselves after we talk about it. Overall, this would be simpler and I think might work out better at a younger grade level. Love that. That's a good ad adaptation, just doing a lot of it whole group versus via the worksheets. Um, I agree. And I think that preserves the intent of the activity, like you talked about, Angela. The, the point is still achieved. And it's done digitally on the board. You could save that visual in your, your smart board and bring it up to reference later, like we talked about. So you can still keep hooking that student interest. So you can literally pull up that digital drawing that the whole group did in your second grade class, for example. So with that, let's talk takeaways. We began the episode by offering that simplified little formula we have for engaging students and lighting that inner fire of intrinsic motivation. Help them belong, help them care, and help them to feel successful. The specific activity that we talked about today focused on that second piece. We want students to care about the content, and that means we need them to see it as relevant. And that means that we need to see a connection between the content we're learning about and their interests, their passions, their hobbies, their aspirations for life outside of school. And we walked through a specific worksheet, how to introduce it to students, how to use it afterward to give you lesson openers that will make students feel known and seen and that will keep hooking their interests throughout a unit. We talked about how this supports the SEL competencies, for example, self-awareness and relationship skills. We really invite you and encourage you to check it out, to adapt it, and we really hope that it helps you boost student engagement. Thanks for spending time with us today. Make sure to subscribe, and if you're on YouTube, click the bell so that you're notified when new episodes are released. We'll see you when we come back for another slice of SEL. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.